Hello, everybody, and happy Halloween. Welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is the Marvel Unlimited October edition of the book club, where we discuss a uh, specific theme or a comic run that I think is important. And uh, this month is a special Halloween theme, so as we've discussed in the past, we are reading up on six comics that all have a Halloween theme to them, and so if you guys have not read those comics yet and you don't care, feel free to keep listening. If not, um, now's your chance to kind of pause it, come back uh, once you've read them. All of these comics are available on Marvel Unlimited. And those issues are Tomb of Dracula number one from 1972, Werewolf by Night number one of 1972, Spider Man the Short Halloween from 2009, Marvel Zombies Halloween from 2012, Marvel Zombie from 2018, and Avengers Halloween Special from 2018. So let's dive right in. I uh, just completed reading all of these. And uh, like I had said, some of these ones I've read in the past, and uh, some of them I hadn't read. So this first one, Tomb of Dracula, was one I have read. I had been dying to read the Dracula series for a long time, and once I'd gotten Marvel Unlimited, I had to jump in and read it. And so it was fun to reread this one, because when I had read them for the first time, it's an older book, obviously, it's from the 70s. And I, I, it's, I think I was reading them late at night uh, around Halloween, and so I was kind of falling asleep as I was reading them in bed. And so it kind of confused me, and now reading them again now, it's like, okay, all of this makes total sense. So this is a really interesting story. It is by Jerry Conway with art by Gene Colan. And what's uh, kind of spooky, I guess you could say, is on this first page, uh, which is kind of the intro to Dracula, the creators are all listed on a tombstone that says, Rest in Peace, and then has their names on it. But the first person's name on here is Stan Lee. So it says, Rip Stan Lee, editor, Jerry Conway, writer, Gene Colan. But that's kind of creepy that, you know, because he's passed away. So, you know, it's still being felt uh, to this day. But this story is, it's kind of a twist on the typical Dracula story in a sense that, uh, and I, I was really frustrated reading it this time just because of, of like, no, you could have prevented Dracula. So uh, there's a man named Frank Drake who, along with his buddies Cliff uh, Clifton and um, his girl, his girlfriend, and I've got to double check on what her name is. She was uh, a genie. And uh, they're, they're in this weird love triangle as well. There's a lot of 70s vibes in this book. But uh, they're traveling to Transylvania. And uh, it's him and Jeannie who are together. Jeannie used to be with Cliff and now isn't. And so there is definitely some awkward conversations around there. But they're traveling to Transylvania because uh, Frank Drake has blown all of his father's money. He says he blew three mil or a million dollars in three years, which to me is just mind-boggling. I don't get it. Like if if I what I I always say that to people when they're like, oh, somehow got five thousand dollars, I would just be like. I mean, I would use it to just pay off debt, but as an example, if I got a million dollars, I could probably make that million dollars last way, way longer than three years. So uh, Frank Drank really kind of screwed himself over in that regard and um, really sad too because he said his father spent a lifetime making it, but turns out that 
he is actually the descendant of Dracula, and they changed their last name to Drake uh, a couple generations back, probably to just, you know, get them off of the scent of Dracula. And so his friend Cliff's like, hey, you know, so you've got, he's got a castle. He's got Dracula's castle. And he's like, oh, well, you don't have any money anymore? You could make a killing off of that castle by turning it into a tourist location. And that's a really cool concept. I was like, ooh, yeah, he's right, he's right. But there's got to be something more going here because you don't just get the guy's girl and have him then still be your best friend. And as the story goes on, you kind of find out. But what happens is they, they get there and uh they're like driving in a car in a rental and uh, frank's like oh i know where i'm going trust me like rain's pouring lightning's going and he hits a ditch and wrecks and so they have to walk back down to town and the townspeople are like oh this is the great frank drake like oh he's gonna be you know changing the town for the better we'll see and he's like i need a ride i need an uber up to uh castle dracula i need an uber carriage and they're all like no way we're not gonna do that and one guy's like yeah you know i'll do it and they pay him, and uh, they're riding up there. And there's a really funny line while they're going up there in the carriage. He, uh, the driver is like, "Oh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare go." He says, uh, um, "I don't believe in superstition." He says, "Many more who wear bl- crucifixes and whatnot. Some would call it fear, but I don't believe in that stuff. That's all superstition. Stuff brave men give no hold." Now, sir, this is as far as I go, and he just he stops the trailer, and the guy goes, "Ah, no fear, huh? Tell me a little, tell me more about your bravery." And he's like, "Ah, no, 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 it's not about bravery; it's about uh, not being foolish." And so they pay him ten bucks for the ride, which to me seems like a good deal. They're like, "Oh, this is like the last of our money," and I that's always an interesting thing to see in the older comics when you know the money money was worth a lot more back then. And uh, so they get to the castle; they're kind of exploring it, and there's not uh, not a lot of stuff going on, but the uh, cliff goes down into the basement into the catacombs he falls down into the catacombs and he's like oh looky here we've got a coffin and the, you know the whole the whole story of dracula in the in frank drake's diary his father's diaries were was that van helsing and i think he in here he's called van helfing unless that's a, an edit error but uh, van helsing drove a stake through dracula and killed him and as we find out in here dracula's skeleton is still here with a stake in it and cliff by some, you know, reasons, like, ooh, I'm gonna take that steak, and so he rips the steak out, and Dracula comes back to life, like, he, he, so basically, that steak was keeping Dracula asleep, and I just can't help but think of all of the comics that would have been saved, all the lives that would have been saved had Dracula just been left in his coffin with that steak through his heart, and uh, so that was probably my biggest takeaway from this one, was like, man, it just... All of this could have been prevented, but, you know, whatever. And so at that point, uh, Dracula comes back. He's like, I don't even care that you're family. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna kill you, and I'm going to kill everyone you love. You're going to ha- you're gonna die by the curse, too. Like, you're going to become a Dracula as well. And Frank's like, no, I never will. And so the, the townspeople uh, kind of find out about this, and they burn, apparently they burn Castle Dracula to the ground, too, which is interesting for a first issue of, uh, you know, just le- getting rid of that completely. But at the same time, Genie gets killed and turned into a vampire so that's kind of the story behind that one i really thought this was a good issue and it's a really good series it's great to read around the holidays uh it's just got a very creepy and spooky vibe it's a very sort of night gallery twilight zone type feel more so night gallery not because it's not really twilight zone it's just you know dracula but they even mentioned bram stoker in the book it's just my dracula is one of my favorite monsters and so to see that there was a comic made about him, I thought was the coolest thing in the world. 
and for it to be as well written and drawn as it was is uh it's just great to see and so i think i probably read maybe like 20 issues of tomb of dracula uh you know over the years and i'll probably get back into it at some point but it's just it's a great it's a great spooky tale and um it, it leads into some really interesting stories and i believe uh issue 10 is where blade makes his premiere so if any of you guys are blade fans out there feel free to check that out uh next up is werewolf by night uh, 1972 issue number one i will say this this is the first werewolf by night book that i've ever read and uh, i regret choosing this as the one for us to read because based on the beginning of this book this is not the first time we're seeing werewolf by night and so i had not seen him i think maybe he appears in like a spider-man or a moon knight book or like a, a marvel 2 in one or something like that i'm not sure but he, he, we start out here, and it's also, this is by G, Jerry Conway as well. Gene Colan isn't doing the art, but it's Mike, uh, is it Mike Poole, or Mike Plug, P-L-O-O-G. These are all, I like this too, it's written on like an old cobblestone, but the werewolf is uh, stone right now. He, I guess, was fighting uh, this lady called Gorgon, not the same Gorgon that I like, a very different Gorgon, but she turned him to stone. And what happens, though, is when he reverts back to being human, he uh, is no longer stone either. And so he's got a buddy. His name is Jack. Uh, and his, his name is actually Jack Russell, which is really funny because he's a werewolf. And that's just kind of hilarious. And he's with a guy named Buck Cohen, who to me sounds a lot like Jock from, uh, from Indiana Jones. There's a bit here where they're basically trying to get this Darkhold book. And they don't really explain why. And this is why I said I kind of regret picking this one. There's a lot in here where I was like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. And it's weird. This Gorgon chick, she's uh, she's dressed real snazzy for the 70s with a, her father's in a wheelchair, can't walk. And she's with a quote-unquote freak who is just like a, a circus strong man, basically. And she wears these she wears these glasses that like prevent her from turning people to stone so she doesn't kill her loved ones, which kind of makes sense. But they escape. They're like on this island. And I again, I don't know where or how this is going, what's going on here. But they basically escape in a, a boat plane, much the same way that Indiana Jones does in the movie. And they get back home. They've got the book. They made it back safe. Uh, Jack calls his sister. He's like, hey, I really need to speak with you. And so she comes over to the house. And at that point, the freak shows up along with uh, Gorgon and uh, her dad. And they start fighting, beating everyone up, tying up. They're like, we need that book. We need that Darkhold book. Where is it? And so they're like searching the house for it. And nighttime is coming. And so he's like, I got to get out of here. I'm about to turn into a werewolf. And so he, his sister's like, no, please don't leave me. And he's like, trust me, this is better for everyone. And it's like, dude, that's like the classic werewolf thing, right? Like, oh, I got to I gotta not tell my loved ones that I'm a werewolf or they won't be my loved ones anymore because they won't love me. Like, come on. Um, so that thing, and that always frustrates me, especially in these older books, but he runs away, turns into a werewolf, fights the strong man, the freak, I think his name is uh, Strug, and, uh, she, the, uh, Gorgon lady, she shoots the werewolf with Strug, she's like, Strug's like, no, like, I can beat him, don't shoot him, I'll do it, and she shoots, werewolf falls to the ground, but in reality, she accidentally shot Strug, could have seen that coming a mile away, and uh, then she's like, you know what? I'm done playing around. She's like, you know what? It's about time that I turn you into stone. So um, the werewolf gets up. 
she uh, takes her glasses off and he is standing right in front of a mirror and he ducks and both her and her dad turn to stone and it was i thought that was really cool i thought that was really fitting and i think that's kind of how wolverine beat gorgon in enemy of the state so i wonder if there was some inspiration there but um he runs away and feasts he's like howling at night in the mountains drinking water from a lake and then kills a deer and then in the morning he shows back up and they're like, well, where's the Darkhold book? And he's like, guys, I hid it in a box of cereal and a box of cornflakes. And it's like, okay, so I'm fine with this Gorgon woman turning into stone because if she didn't know the Darkhold was in a cereal box, then you cl- she clearly doesn't deserve to have the Darkhold by any means. And to to uh, to put more salt on the wound, they took both uh, both of them, the stone uh, stone pieces of them, like the Gorgon and his her uh, her dad, and took them to a heart art museum. And they're now on display at an art museum, and, and they're uh, just uh, beautiful statues. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, that was an, a fitting end to it. So, um, yeah, I. I'd have to read some more Werewolf by Night to probably appreciate it, but honestly, I don't think I'm gonna, at least not right now. Like I said, I'm more of a Dracula fan of myself. The whole werewolf idea, it's the exact same idea as like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where you, there's these dueling personalities, and to me, I think that is a little overplayed these days, because part of the issue is always like, oh, like I said, it's always, oh, I I can't tell my loved ones or I don't want them to see me like this. And it's like a great story would be telling your loved ones and then dealing with the aftermath of that. And I don't think, at least in this first issue, that sort of thing does not happen. But regardless, it is still an enjoyable issue and especially an enjoyable issue on this spookiest of Halloweens. Uh, The next issue is Spider-Man The Short Halloween. So I I had not read this issue. Well, I had read this issue prior a long time ago, and I had uh, forgotten what the the issue was about. And uh, now reading it again, I'm glad. I'm glad that I picked this one as one of them. It's a pretty funny issue. And uh, it's by a great creative team. So I'm going to just real quickly make sure that they're not listed in here somewhere towards the very end. And if not, that's fine. Yeah, they're not. Oh, no, it's a couple pages in. Okay, so this is written by Bill Hader and Seth Myers, and it's art by Kevin McGuire, color art by Dean White, letters by Chris Eliopoulos, and um, yeah, so uh, Bill Hader and Seth Myers of Saturday Night Live fame, and this was, it says, oh, 33 pages, only 399 cents. And the story of this is it's on Halloween, Halloween night. Spider-Man's like, this is my least favorite holiday because my spider sense is going crazy because everyone's dressed up in costumes. And so the second story is this drunk guy dressed up as Spider-Man who's just belligerently drunk, almost got into a fight with a Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus wannabe. And he's in the process of heading home, and they have to stop so he can throw up in an alley. At the same time, Spider-Man is fighting this Furious Five group of uh, villains. He's only fighting one of them, this guy who kind of can fly. He, we find out that he's kind of a, he used to do like vacuums, but uh, and there's some comedy in there for sure. But they, uh, he's fighting him on a rooftop, and the guy actually actually like knocks Spider-Man off the roof. 
And so Spider-Man falls down and crashes into a trash bin at the exact same place that this other guy in a costume is. And so their bodies are switched. So the two guys that are helping out their friend pick up Peter Parker and take him home while uh, the bad guys grab um, this other Spider-Man guy and take him hostage. And so hilarity ensues absolutely as it's going through. There's a lot of really witty dialogue in this story. And what I liked so much about it was just that no one, no one understood for the longest time, like that they were the wrong Spider-Man. Like the two, Doctor Octopus and uh, Green Goblin, show up at his apartment. They're like, "We're gonna kill you, Spider-Man!" And uh, he's like, "Whoa, I think that I think you got the wrong guy," sort of thing. And uh, it's, it, I don't know, it was nice to see because at the same time there was kind of a turn of phrase with the, I don't even know if that's the right term, but um, the villains who are fighting the guy, the vacuum guy, he ends up turning into a good guy. He realizes that what he's doing is wrong. And, uh, obviously everything works out in the end, but, uh, the comedy is, is within the pages. It's not, you know, it's more about the journey than the destination because everything works out. They, they figure out that, oh, you know, we made the wrong switch. And at the very end, the bad guy returns the jewels that he took and uh, Spider-Man watches over him, and he's got his mask off, and he says, I love Halloween, and so I was like, oh, that's funny, I thought you just said you hated Halloween, so um, that was nice to see, though, I, it was a funny issue, it wasn't as funny as I remembered it, but it was still pretty good, and again, it's a Halloween issue, it's, it's, it takes place all on Halloween night, so definitely worth it to check out, and of course, I mean, check out, this is, this is the, the book club, so you would, you would have checked this out, but uh, I guess if you're going to skip one, I, I, I would probably skip Werewolf by Night and Short Halloween would be next. But honestly, these next three coming up are all really good. So the Marvel Zombies Halloween, uh, that's the one from 2012. And this story is uh, was really good. And I was totally thrown for a loop on this one. So it uh, is from written by Fred Valente, art by Alessandro Vitti. And uh, colors by Jean-Francois Beaulieu and letters by VCs Corey Petit, which is great to see. Uh, but this story is about a mother and her child who are kind of surviving the zombie apocalypse by just killing zombies. Like she kills a ton of zombies with this big gun and he ends up finding a little cat and he's like, oh, can we keep the cat? And um, so they're kind of, it's, it's, hol- it's the day before Halloween and he's like, well, what's Halloween? Because the zombie apocalypse has been going on for so long he doesn't know what halloween is and so she kind of explains it he's like well i want to do halloween and she's like no it's not a good idea like we need to focus on surviving and he's like please and so she finds a little tiny wolverine costume and i'm not kidding you he looks absolutely adorable in this costume it's so cute and he's like well mom i wanted i wanted some candy as well and she's like well i'm gonna go i'll go check at sam's and see if there's some candy and she's like but stay here and so of course he doesn't the cat escapes and he runs off chasing the cat but then like you see the kind of the devastation that's going on in the town and he meets up with this guy he's like ah trick-or-treat and the guy's like it's not halloween it's it's the day before halloween and he's like come back when it's halloween and so it's like "Uh oh he kind of seems sinister but so then a bunch of zombie superheroes who are no longer superheroes obviously including what looks to be uh, Carolina from the uh, from the Runaways, along with Squirrel Girl, Metal, Dark Hawk, a bunch of just like a random splattering of superheroes, uh, kind of capturing him, threatening to eat him. 
And he has this great line while he's captured. He says, shut up. They're like laughing at him. He's like, I just want my cat. He says, shut up. You guys are bad and stupid. And that's why you're dead. You don't have any parents and no one loves you. And you're all hungry all the time. So you shouldn't be laughing at me just because I care about something other than myself. And I was like, ah, wow. He actually cut right to the core. But then his mom shows up and just blows their heads off. But we find out at this point that the old man who was in the house was Mephisto. And he just destroys all of the rest of these characters. And he's like, ooh, I want your son. And she's like, you can't have him. And he's like, she goes, ah. He goes, Catherine Pride. Guys, it was Kitty Pride the entire time. Old Kate. And um, the they ta- they were talking about prior that you know her husband had died, which was Colossus. And so this kid is the Colossus, the kid, the Colossus of Cloud, the Colossus of Cloud. And uh, so at the very end of this, uh, you know, she finds the cat and they get back. But I just I loved this story because I was not, I did not see that twist coming at all. And the art is really good. It felt like Clayton Crane, but it isn't. It's Alessandro Vitti. But it's it's great art, really spooky story. I loved seeing the uh, the characters as zombies. Um, it was really creepy, especially Squirrel Girl. She had a whole squirrel army, and that was really spooky too. But it was a really cool story. You know, sometimes these one shots can be, like I said, there can be cash grabs or they can be really dumb. And this one wasn't. This was a really heartfelt story. And that little kid was uh, such such a brave, cool kid. And um, yeah, so I, I really liked this one. This one really put me in the Halloween mood. And continuing in that awesome Halloween mood was Marvel Zombie, uh, which came out last year, actually. And this was the one I was honestly most excited about reading because I wanted to read it when it came out. And I was like, you know what? I can wait. I can wait for Marvel Unlimited. And I did, and it paid off. So this was written by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Stefano Raffaelli, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg with letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And this is another Marvel zombie tale. This kind of is set in the future, and the entirety of New York is a wasteland, protected by a very few heroes who are calling themselves the Defenders, and it's Daredevil, Spider-Man, Moon Girl, Misty Knight, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Really cool set of characters, almost all of the street-level characters, I'd say, besides maybe Moon Girl, but it makes sense because she's so smart. But they... They're just wreaking havoc, destroying zombies as much as they can to survive. Moon Girl has a giant robotic dinosaur, which is insane. But what I thought was coolest about this is the story is narrated by one of the zombies. And he's got this cool amulet on, and he's talking about, yeah, I'm a zombie, but I'm not really a zombie. And uh, they're all trying to figure out, like, after this big battle, they're like, okay, we got to figure out what we're going to do next. Like, there's going to be more zombies and uh this kid shows up with another amulet with the zombie and they're like whoa 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 it's a zombie and um he's like no 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 this is a good zombie he saved me and what ends up happening is those amulets end up being whoever wears one of the amulets can control the zombie who's wearing his amulet and so moon girl is in the process of developing this device that essentially just kill as many zombies as possible like a giant flashbang um, like a fire napalm flashbang. And uh, so she's like, ooh, we can just have, she says it needs radioactive material to activate it. And we don't have any, but human, like humans 
have some radioactive on them so we need someone to sacrifice themselves and do it but once the zombie shows up they're like oh well maybe we can just do um the zombie like we'll just send the zombie out and the kid's like no the zombie's my friend and so then uh it kind of and the story was interesting up until that point they get this big battle coming in they get an alert from falcon who kind of does recon he's like hey guys there's ten thousand zombies out in the city and they're like crap and so they go up there they have this big plan to do it and uh, they don't end up doing it. She Moon, Moon Girl bails. She um, she lets the kid have her zombie friend, and kind and that's it. And so I'm, they don't show what happens next, but I'm assuming they all die because there's ten thousand zombies. But at least this kid and his zombie friend are buddies. Yay for zombie friendship! Oh yay, guys! That was another instance where I was really frustrated with that. Like you have got to be kidding me! They could have, they could have beaten all of the zombies if not for friendship. And uh, that's the one thing that um, you always see. And I, I haven't seen Walking Dead, but I know there's specific characters there. Any zombie show, there's that character who's like, nope, you don't want any friends, you don't want any acquaintances, you just need to survive. That's who I would be during the zombie apocalypse. So whenever I see those those characters, it always frustrates me because I'm like, God, like you could have, Moon Girl, you're smarter than this. Come on, and um, and it just didn't happen. And then moving on to our final comic, which is Avengers Halloween Special. I just want to point out, and actually I'll point it out as we're doing this. Or does it even say? It doesn't say, but uh, the cover art and the cover for this uh, Avengers Halloween Special is so cool, guys. It's just, it's got Venom as a scarecrow with a bunch of pumpkins that are carved into like the Punisher and Iron Man super cool and that was the reason i bought this i bought this comic live and so that was the reason i loved this comic originally was just like oh that's just so cool this is five stories it's an anthology so there's five stories in here and i'm just gonna i'll read you off who they are so the first one is about daredevil it's by rob fee and eon marin with color art by mike spicer the second one is about fantastic four by jerry duggan and laura braga on art with arif paranto on color art uh, the Thing from Another Time by Jen and Sylvia Soska with art by Jonas Scharf and color art by Jordan Boyd. That is uh, a story about... Uh, oh, that one's about Captain America and Iron Man. And then the next one is Punisher of the Opera by Jay Baruchel, as you guys will know from movies like... Uh, what's he been in fanboys she's out of my league the end this is the end or the end uh really funny guy with uh, art by luca pizzari and color art by michael garland and then the last one is haunted mansion by robbie thompson with art by bob quinn and a color art by chris peter so this first store and these stories are all really good this is that has that night gallery feel of quick little vignettes and so this first one is about daredevil and i think this one might be my favorite of them all because it's such a twisted concept so daredevil gets a uh he gets new eyes. He finally gets eyes so he can see finally. But what happens is there's a hallucinogen in his tear ducts now. And so he will hallucinate for the rest of his life. Who brought this on? None other than Kingpin. But uh, so he can see, but he just sees all of these like enemies and it ends up costing him all of his friends. He ends up killing all of his friends. It's a really quick story, but it just was a, such a creepy story because it was like, oh, of course, a Daredevil can see, but at what cost? And then the second one was just as good too. And I, I, I don't even remember this second one, but it, it uh, 
it's about Victor Von Doom, and uh, it's right when the Fantastic Four came back from space. They're talking about, oh, you know, they're, they uh, they got hit by cosmic rays, and, and uh, Victor Von Doom's like, yeah, right, like, you believe that? And so he fights the Fantastic Four and kills them. Like, he kills, uh, he kills Johnny, he kills Ben, he kills Reed, and then Susan shows up and uh she's a demon and so what it ends up happening is that was what happened was she was like tricking the world and so she traps victor and like gives him a stroke so he doesn't remember anything and she's like i've got a planet to take over and it's like ooh, like a this felt like a giant what if issue like what if these things happen and that that leans into this captain america one too they thaw captain america from the ice and it's iron man deadpool and cyclops and, or not Cyclops, I'm sorry, Colossus. Captain America immediately kills Colossus. And it's like, uh, what? Deadpool drops down to fight him. And Captain America's got like these tendrils and stuff and is feeding on Deadpool. And it was like, oh no, that's why Captain America was on, on ice. So that it's almost like, it was almost like The Thing. It was like the concept for the movie The Thing by John Carpenter. And so Iron Man's trying to fight him, but Captain America's kind of beating him. And they go out in the cold and they're kind of both just sitting out in the cold. And he's like, well, so what do we do now? Are we just going to freeze to death? And he's like, yeah, let's just, uh, let's sit here for a while and see what happens. And that was the end of that one. So it was, eh, not as, not as great as the other two, but still a cool concept of, you know, what if Captain America was a bad guy? And same, what if the Punisher was the Punisher of the opera? So the exact same Punisher origin story, except in old uh, Paris in 1881, uh, Punisher's wife and kids are killed and it turns out they were butchered by it looks like an understudy or someone else who wanted to be in the play and so Punisher exacts his revenge as the Punisher of the opera wearing the mask and everything and uh, that was really cool to see but this last one was really interesting too I still don't know how I feel about it but it's these little kids are going trick-or-treating at the Xavier School for the Gifted but they're advising that everyone there is dead like that no one no one's there anymore the place is haunted and so they walk in and, and one of the kids falls into the basement and it appears like he's in the danger room. There's a bunch of villains down there and they just say target acquired. But then out of nowhere, Wolverine comes and saves him, like rips up all the monsters and uh, comes up and he's like, oh, he like, he's like, oh, there were monsters down there. Like I saw one of them. And then uh, Wolverine just kind of disappears in as a ghost. And then the last thing that they see is the helmet for Xavier and she, he's like, what is that? And she's like, hope. And so I don't know what that means. I, I obviously that doesn't mean anything because this is like a what if one shot. But, um, but yeah, it was. It, I thought it was a cool story nonetheless. And so I would advise reading all of these stories by the dark moonlight on Halloween night. Uh, I I hope all of you are gonna have a fantastic Halloween. Uh, it probably won't be for me because it snowed like 20 inches here in Colorado. I don't know if it was that many, but it was a lot. I had to shovel my driveway many times. So it's gonna be a very cold and white Halloween. Something I didn't want. I uh, wanted it to be able to sit outside and you know get spooky, but. Uh, it's not going to happen, I guess. And so hopefully you guys can enjoy these comics on a cool, crisp Halloween night as the uh, the leaves whistle in the wind and the moon is almost full and the ghouls and goblins are moving around on the streets. I'm trying to think of other spooky things to say, but uh, no. So this is the, uh, the Marvel Unlimited book club for October. So guys, thank you so much for checking this out, for listening to it. Hopefully this is what you guys were looking for. Um, next month, I have not decided what we will be doing, but I will announce it. 
uh, on one of the pod, the upcoming podcasts. So keep an eye out for it. I think next month's though is going to be more of a linear approach. I'm thinking in terms of like Thanksgiving or Black Friday. I may uh, so maybe based either on maybe a book or a story of like a trade paperback that I purchased on a prior Black Friday, or a story about being thankful, something like that. Uh, but we'll figure it out as it comes, and I will do my best to make sure that whatever I choose is available on Marvel Unlimited so that you guys can follow along. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening, and happy Halloween! Happy Halloween!